your boy Chris Black uh, coming to you live from Los Angeles, California. Overcast, rainy day here. Um, and uh, I don't know about you, but I'm just burning the candle at both ends, Chief. How do you feel? I feel great. No problems over here, buddy. <laughs> um, no, I'm just kidding. Are you? You said you're 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 burning it. You got just a lot of work stuff or life stuff, fitness. Both, up? all of the above, Jason. Luckily. Done to Death Projects is having its maybe best year of all time. How Long Gone is thriving, of course. My body feels good except for my right ankle, but luckily I did secure an appointment with um, Bill over at the Undefeated Complex for Saturday morning at 8 a.m., so I'll be back in the game soon. Okay, so you said work, (coughs) career, and physical body are all pretty much doing well, but Mm -hmm. you left something out, Chris. Is this my emotional state? Uh, you know, that's, that is part of it. You know, mm-hmm. you gotta, you gotta also work on the mental, mm-hmm. you gotta work on loving yourself so other people can love you too, Chris. We don't, I don't want to talk about jerking off on today's podcast. If you could just kind of <laughs> leave that out, that'd be cool. Well, yo, I didn't fuck him. I, we just jacked off together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, uh, I did, you know, we did, uh, get together last night for some of your famous them jeans tofu, which I feel like, <laughs> and I said this to you, I think we need to figure out a way to monetize this tofu and, and just the, the crispiness level for a home cook is, you know, and there's no air frying bullshit. This is TJ's method. You want to, so you want to bottle and sell this crispy tofu. The only, I mean, Sure. Is is it is it so good you could sell it at a restaurant? Of the, the answer is yes, of course. I mean, look, but what what is, I mean, what what's the profit? Mar- no, now that we're successful podcasters, <laughs> much like you know, is it yeah. is is the tofu business beneath us in terms of profit margins? Unfortunately, Jason, uh, I've been alerted uh, today that Carrie Bradshaw is now podcasting, so our days are numbered uh, at the top of the charts. So I think that it's, it's probably time for us to branch out into the the tofu business to kind of to kind of make up for you know make up for that loss we're about to receive podcasting it's a young person's game carrie bradshaw Mm -hmm. how old how old is she what 50 now she's got to be 50 i mean they look i'm not going to watch the show because i think it's going to be awful but they look fucking insane yeah how can you not watch it just to see just as a as a car accident on the freeway, kind of watching. I don't do stuff like that. Like I'm not like you. No, no. You watch the you watch the fucking like American Music Awards uh, because you say it's part of like the cultural zeitgeist. This is much more part of the cultural zeitgeist, if you ask me, Chris. Yeah, if I was a 40 year old single gay man with a dog, I would agree with you. It's part of the cultural zeitgeist. But I think Chris, that- every single chick I've fucked loves Sex in the City. It's a it's exactly. a good asset. It's exactly. a good tool to have in your kid. It's a good era to have in your quiver. Jason, Jason. So what is the target? Okay, if the target demographic of uh of sex in the city is 40 year old gay dude with a dog what is the target demographic of say the american music awards that you're watching 18 year old loser that likes little nas x <laughs> too much i'm somewhere i'm somewhere in between these two but my point is jason 18 year old autistic makeup tutorial host with <laughs> yes, a exactly. small amount of subscribers <laughs> yes, exactly. under the bmi is higher than the subscriber <laughs> count on youtube no but what you're see what the mistake you're making is that this this isn't sex in the city. Don't. 
Don't say it's official title, bitch. I won't say it, but it isn't. It's different. Samantha's not there. So we, we choose not to accept it. That's that's so funny. You're like, mm, I typed in Sex in the City, and then HBO Max is being kind <laughs> exactly, of cunty, and they're exactly. like, mm, we don't know her. <laughs> exactly. We don't know her. Is there another? Is there another similar show with a different name you might be looking for? I just don't know why Hollywood is so insistent. And this is something we talked about with our guests today. I, I don't know why Hollywood is so insistent on ruining things that are good. Like, they've done it with literally everything. Like, The Sopranos, you made a prequel movie? Like, why Why does that exist? That doesn't need to exist. Like, this isn't... Carrie Bradshaw, Sarah Jessica Parker does not need money. No one that did that show needs money. I mean, obviously, your your relevancy is the, the true... Currency? Currency in, in a situation. Chris, that was a rhyme right there. That was a J. Cole rhyme that you just fucked up. It's, it's getting a little... It's just getting depressing where it's like, I got you in one ear telling me Pin 15 is a must-watch like you're a teenager. And then the, <laughs> o- the other ear, I got my, you know, our age group telling me that I have to watch a shitty version of Sex and the City 10 years later. <laughs> I can't win. I never, I never said that it's a must-watch Pen 15. I said that... It has improved and it's going in interesting directions for season two. That's all. But, uh, you know, what are you going to watch, Chris? House of Gucci? Nope. Uh, I'm going to watch Real Housewives of Empire. Nope, Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, where religion and designer come together. A perfect, a perfect combination of my interests. That sounds so rough. It's not rough. rough. When someone who's married to their step grandfather and is stealing money from her church to buy her friend's designer gifts as hush, a hush presents. That's good television. I agree with that. If it was a, if it was like a fictitious, scripted dramatization show, well, or well, if I it mean, was actually real, the problem is these shows are neither. It's a, it's a tweener. I actually think that in this case, this particular scenario that I'm describing to you is unfortunately real, and that's what makes it incredibly dark and depressing. But I will agree with you that a lot of the stuff does feel scripted or maybe pre-planned. Okay, so how 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 many years did this woman get in in prison for stealing money from a church and buying no, that, shit? That's the thing. There's it, it, it's she's she's denying all charges, and it's still just kind of like in the rumor mill, and people are talking. Uh, so, what kind of proof do you have, Chris? I'm not able to talk about that right now. Um, I've actually retained um, an attorney uh, just to kind of protect my interests in this whole thing. That's how much you love love Real Housewives of Salt Lake. <laughs> exactly. You I'm, seeked I'm, out <laughs> legal representation just to cover my basis. Just to cover my basis. I kind of like mm-hmm. to have legal representation on tap. But no, I mean, in, all entertainment is terrible. Um, it's raining in LA. Uh, I, I just don't even know. I got a new cowgirl sweatshirt in the mail that I really like. So I guess that's good. Okay. So some good things are going on. You know, I just saw John waters. He released his top 10 films of 2021 or uh, of this year. So maybe mm-hmm. you can check that out and find some cool films and maybe enjoy some content that flew under the radar. Actually this weekend, you and I are going to have to go to the movies. We're going to have to go see Mike Mills, new film. Come on, come on. Starring Joaquin Phoenix. They got Joaquin in it. Yeah, they got Joaquin in it. I mean, I, I'm definitely going to see it. I'll keep you posted, but I think we should both see it just kind of in preparation. Do I need to go to Westwood to see this fucking movie? Or no, no. This movie, this movie is available in normal theaters. It's not. It's not a PTA joint where they have a pinball machine attached to it. <laughs> yeah, it's just. It's just kind of like a classic. You go to the movie theater and you see the movie. Kind of a thing I. Like. I'm excited to kind of drive across town to Westwood to go see LP Licorice Pizza. I'm not going to see Licorice Pizza in Westwood unless Brett Ellis is is riding shotgun in the Tesla. That's, Dude, that's, let's take Brett. Let's take Brett. Brett's probably seen it five times. All right, let's text Brett. Anyway, I'll tell Brett he can sit on my lap on the way there. 
maybe he'll be down to <laughs> there we go we do have a guest today friend of the show uh patrick sandberg who who was a guest on our twitch program uh back mm-hmm. in the back in the day but we've never had him on the podcast properly we thought it was time to tap in uh, he's a writer and creative director uh all kinds of shit fashion music campaigns commercials branding um, he worked at uh, V, uh, Days and Confused, CR Fashion Book, and of course, the short-lived CR uh, Men. But Patrick is also uh, extremely full of takes in a way that is aspirational for me. And he's also... A podcaster himself. He's a podcaster himself. And he's also close friends with two legends in the game, uh, Sky Ferreira, um, who <laughs> we will beat him into submission to give us an update on her, and uh, also iconic Azalea Banks, who just played in LA. Mm-hmm. So... We'll get all the information from Patrick today on on, uh, on how long gone. This is exciting. Okay, well, uh, yeah, I've been trying to get him on. He's been too scared over the years. He's always deflecting and changing the subject. Yeah, he's re- yeah, he's real scared. I'm glad yeah, we finally cornered yeah, him to get him to pod. All right, let's give let's give uh, Patrick a jingle. Give him a wet little zoom. Thank you for joining us. I know it's a it's a rainy day in L.A. and nothing lifts your spirits more than talking to two straight bros. <laughs> what the fuck is up, bro? I'm. Dialing in from the heart of West Hollywood. What what exactly is the heart? Is it is it? I, yeah, I, didn't, know, I didn't I didn't know rage is open in the daytime. <laughs> it's just wherever I am. It, <laughs> okay. it travels with me. It's a, a moving destination. Okay. So mm. do you live in West Hollywood? Or are you just there working right now? I do. What's going on? Okay, you do. Yeah, he, he's cool. He lives in West Hollywood, which is that's where I'm aspiring to live. I think it's the coolest neighborhood in L.A. That's not. I'm not being funny. I really do. Well, Chris, I think you could pull it off. You're only just a mile away. Financially, I think we could secure you a spot. You want to make it happen? Is it is it too is there too much action over there, Patrick? Do you feel like you get to decompress? We have fun. <laughs> Don't say that. Don't say that. I mean are you saying that if I moved to West Hollywood I would have more fun? No, I'm incredibly lonely, actually. Which I love. <laughs> Okay. It's my preferred state. So, are you always lonely in where, like, no matter where you are, or is it just in West Hollywood? I think that moving from New York to LA, and I know that everyone, especially who listens, loves yeah. the New York LA conversation because it is the only conversation, <laughs> the true political divide. That's not true. We no, we like to talk about important stuff on this podcast, um, like you know tofu and stuff. But yeah. yeah, I guess today we can talk about LA, New York. It's a common trope. I feel like. All the juice has been squeezed out of that convo by now, hasn't it? Yeah, I think that it's it's just sort of like it's the eternal struggle because we all want everyone to be in one place. Yeah, but that place will never be a great place if everyone is there all the time. I don't, that's not true. That's not true. Have you guys been to Austin? I would say that's kind of that's kind of that's kind of what we're looking for. It's the closest we're gonna get. <laughs> yeah, never yeah. Been to Austin? You never ever been. The only place I've been in Texas was to Dallas, and it sucked. Oh, no. <laughs> Dallas rules. We like Dallas. Dallas is the only gay place in Texas. Not a fan. Where are you from? Where are you from, Patrick? Um, I was born in San Francisco. That says a lot. Yeah, it made me gay, for example. Um, <laughs> yeah. I love David Fincher movies. Like, uh-huh. it all kind of tracks. Uh, and then... I was raised in a town called Petaluma, California. Mm. Oh, that, that's a oh! I forgot you're a Cali chick because Petaluma is like a pretty beautiful, idyllic place to grow up, is it not? Oh, it's like it's dark and menacing and um, haunted. Don't do that. <laughs> no, it's don't do that to Petaluma. I don't believe you. Petaluma is. I have a fascination with it, obviously, because it's my childhood, I guess. But I think that there's it. It embodies like it's sort of a microcosm of of the country in one place. 
I feel, or at least the West Coast, because it's very like, there's an economic divide. Hell yeah. Which side were you on? You better say the good one. <laughs> it, th- it's kind of like I've, I was an, I was an outsider. So like, I feel like it was, I was on neither side because like my parents technically lived in a town called Pengrove, which is just outside of Petaluma, which has like a population of 800 people and is like not a real town. So this, this is Northern, this is Northern California, just to clarify yeah. for our listeners. Okay. That div- the economic divide that I spoke of is really between the East side and the West side. And classic, I guess I was on the North side. So I was sort of agnostic. Yeah. You were neither on the wrong or the right side of the tracks. Oh, I played, but I was on both sides. <laughs> what kind of what kind of drugs did you do when you were wearing your you know Susie and the Banshees leather jacket in high school? Um, all of them. <laughs> is is any Pet- any and all? Is Petaluma known for drug use among young people, or were you uh, were you just pushing pushing the the envelope? Sonoma County is known for um, a lot of amphetamine use. I would say okay. I like their I like their Pinot their Pinot Noir, but I I'll I'll check out yeah, I I'll check were, out I, their mess. <laughs> I thought that, yeah, I was gonna say I thought they were more known for their their kind of blends, but yeah. I, I guess methamphetamine can blend well with a crisp with a crisp white. Yeah, it's like te- it's wine country adjacent, <laughs> mm-hmm. and then it's meth lab adjacent. So it's kind of best of both worlds. That's where all the people who who do like the less glamorous jobs in the wine world. That's where they all live and then enjoy their, their different types of speed. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's cool. Are you talking about the guys that step on the grapes, Jason or somebody else? No, I mean, you know, someone's got to clean the toilets over there uh, at, the, oh, uh, at the, at the, at the winery or something like that. Swab the deck. You know, that's not blue collar. It's red collar. I see. I see. Yeah. I see. Oh yeah. I was, I grew up sort of like surrounded by, like white supremacist rednecks who put like confederate flags on their trucks right because it's there's so much like farmland there that it was like farmer country were they kind of hot though you can be honest chris yeah oh completely (laughs) i like i wanted them to choke me out like like, that was my daydream um you wanted to feel that that sketcher's boot on your neck it was i don't know they wore like whatever like cowboy boots and wranglers that's all i needed to hear and then there was like you know a large uh hispanic population those were all my pot smoking friends basically and then Mm -hmm. uh i was really drawn to the punk scene so i hung out mostly at this place called the phoenix theater in petaluma which is where all the punk bands would come through and play I grew up going to shows, so I was always seeing like Blink-182 and Green Day and stuff like they would come play in Petaluma, which is like nothing happens in Petaluma. So that was always like, it was just this insane, just because of this one famous theater is there. It was like kind of the one thing we had. You got lucky. Yeah, that was super lucky. And and then it was like kind of like rich white people who mainly live on the west side and all of the like beautiful Victorian homes. It's like a big antiquing destination in Petaluma. Um, lots of movies have been filmed there back in the eighties when people could film in California and it wasn't too expensive. <laughs> Ronald Reagan shot his like presidential campaign propaganda there. Did you, did you watch that Reagan documentary? Propaganda? <laughs> no, I haven't. It's, it was really good. Like I hadn't, I mean, I knew obviously like that, the, the, the top line stuff, but the, the, it's really twisted. The whole Ronald Reagan story is fucking twisted. No, I had, Chris has been talking about how he doesn't watch any movie, any TV shows. It's no, all, it's all bad, trash. It's all stupid. But then of course he, he's, he's definitely seen the Ronald Reagan doc. 
kind of interesting, isn't it? It's actually interesting. It's not some Netflix garbage, Jason. Sorry. Because, Patrick, <laughs> before you got on, we were talking about the, the new Sex in the City and how I refuse to acknowledge it because they changed the name and Samantha's not in it. Yeah, I think that their, their kind of party line is like, it's a different show. Yeah, and I don't like that. Yeah, yeah, it is. A, it is a different show. That's all. <laughs> yeah, but are you gonna are you gonna watch it? Are you gonna because you have to be part? of I watched it. I stayed up till three. <laughs> you yeah. you already watched it. I watched. Well, the first two episodes are out. I watched them. Yeah. You you said you stayed up until three. Well, yeah, because they think they hit at midnight, and I started watching around like a quarter to one, mm-hmm. and then I had to obviously pause it because I was texting with a friend. Sure, um, sure. Making fun of it. <laughs> So you stayed up, did some of that Petaluma, Petaluma crank, <laughs> stayed up till three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You still had a little bit left over in the back pocket of your of your dicky shorts. Okay, I, I want to clarify. I want to clarify that I was not into meth in high school. Um, that was college. No, you know I never liked it. I did tr- I did try it in high school and it was not for me. I tried it as well and I definitely didn't did not like it. But some girls that I tried to hang out with yeah. did like one it. One and done. That was a one and done situation. I don't like not being able to sleep. Like that's not that's some fun to me. Heroin was a similar deal. Can't sleep on heroin. No, no, no. Like heroin made me puke. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, some people like even a Vicodin will make them puke. Heroin making you puke, that's a good thing. Wait, hold on. Yeah. Let's get back to let's get back to you doing crank alone and watching Sex in the City. <laughs> because we need we need the review we need the we need the the because you know we haven't seen it yet. Most people haven't seen it yet. We need the review from from you. So you put some aluminum foil up on the windows in the WeHo condo. There's a there's a single single gun on the on the coffee table. We fire up HBO Max. I was buzzing from a kombucha I had had about <laughs> five hours earlier. Uh huh. Good luck going to bed tonight. I can stay up pretty late, so it wasn't really mm-hmm. an issue for me to like lay in bed and watch this show. And Damn, was, you're really showing off on this podcast. I can stay up late. It's not a problem for me. It's taking a victory lap. You're one of those fucked up. That it was grotesquely entertaining. Fucked up people that could stay up late. So you obviously it's it's not. Uh, you know, it's not as great as the original show, but are there any redeeming values to it? Anything to look forward to tonight? I'm going to say, yeah. Like, I think that, I think you can't exactly, of course, the comparison to the original show is inevitable and it is a continuation of the story, but I, it is different stylistically. It's a bit more, it's a bit more similar to the films, which are terrible, I think, but kind of evolves that into something it's a bit more of a drama than the original like the original sex in the city is a comedy and this is absolutely not funny okay yeah it's not funny because i was told on twitter that carrie bradshaw's a podcaster is that true she's a woke podcaster her podcast is about lecturing people about what they are allowed to say and what not to say like they are they're educate. What? They're educating ignorant the people f- about what the, um, what the like hell gen- gender identity. Yeah. Does she still smoke cigarettes? Uh, no, she doesn't. I don't think she smokes cigarettes. I don't recall seeing her smoke one. <sighs> so this is this is a very neutered version of the original. I mean, that's the world now. Yeah, that is the world now. But you know, I was holding out for a little bit of that original whatever it was you know but then at the same time there's something a little more dangerous about this one and a little bit more um menacing because they kind of build up this like insane sense of dread around the character of miranda like i've i'm convinced she's gonna like snap and commit it like a mass shooting or something like some is, like <laughs> her character is it because the- <laughs> she's gotten so dark that i'm like this is actually so much darker 
than the original show. And also you factor in the fact that like, they're trying to make a commentary about aging. And so it's like, Steve is deaf. And like, I heard that Steve is deaf. Steve is is deaf. Yeah. (laughs) Which is really, Oh, that's fucked up because he always already talked like he was deaf. So I can't even imagine what his voice sounds like now. It's a, it was, it was already so froggy to begin with. Yeah. There's kind of this, like they've cast a pallor over all of the characters about like, kind of health problems and like, Jesus. you know, Willie Garson is on the show who we all know tragically passed away during shooting. And so seeing him mm-hmm. is kind of fraught with emotion. Like there, uh, oh, I God. think that it's, don't tell me that Mr. Don't tell me, <laughs> don't tell me that big has testicular cancer. I'm going to hang up. <laughs> <laughs> I think you'll appreciate, um, the, the big storyline. So this, this feels like, this feels like more of a, a, a funeral wake service <laughs> than a walk down memory lane. It's a pregame. It's a funeral pregame. <laughs> okay. So the wake happens after the funeral and this is the little cocktail reception. Before. There, there's light bites. There's sliders. And we're preparing. <laughs> They're preparing to die. Okay. We're, we're preparing for Miranda to shoot up bloodbath shoot up her, her her children's montessori school or i guess her kids probably fucking 16 now <laughs> yeah. i think that the show has like an interesting commentary with what's happening to miranda because she's um she's depicted sort of like as sundowning after after retirement mm-hmm. and like her mind has sort of curdled into like a cnn poisoned histrionic <laughs> liberal Ooh. um curdled is a fun word for that there's no joy to be seen in miranda's eyes it, does she look like does she still look like a kind of farmer's market lesbian or have they kind of changed her look she actually has the same haircut as my aunt gail mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah which is not a reference either of you will get but you'll see we all can imagine kind of what yeah. Gail yeah. Gail's hair is up to lately. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hopefully, Gail. I haven't haven't met the lady, but she sounds great. It's a nice cut for an older gal. <laughs> <laughs> you you kind of. I have to say, I have to say, I was really not going to watch this, but I feel like your twisted review has kind of brought me back to the table. Thank you, HBO Max and Patrick Sandberg. I've, I've I'm process. I'm still processing it, but I think that like it did subvert my expectations in a few surprising ways and i intend to keep watching i don't i don't like that carrie the the kind of rebellious badass of the group has become a woke podcaster that's just just feels wrong well i think that she is supposed to be almost a foil to her woke co-hosts who i won't even dignify with a description are they fa- are they famous are they famous people are they like people we recognize from, i ho- i hope not from the sex in the city <laughs> extended universe or is it like don lemon playing himself they got z-way's auntie <laughs> i feel like we're living in like a post fame time so like i i actually like can no longer tell who's famous and who's not it was either dean kissick or sean monahan i'm sorry to whoever um okay actually said it but referred to like the time period we're living in as like the great foam of atomization where like everyone has their own little bubble of things that they're interested in and pay attention to. So it's like everyone's kind of famous to somebody and completely anonymous to most other people. Yeah. I think that's very true. There's hundreds of people who are like, if, if they were in the same room as you, Patrick, they would be losing their shit. You know, they'd be freaking out, but then you can also just go to Ralph's, and go grocery shopping, not a soul will recognize you. Uh, I get recognized, but it's... <laughs> <laughs> I think it's, it's because of the Twitch stream I did with you guys, I'm sure. That's why. That's what... Yeah, it's, we, what, do, what, do, what do people recognize you for the most? My voice. 
Oh, just same as Chris. Same as mm. Chris. I think it's the same reason why my, I wouldn't even call them fans. Like my admirers or the people are not even admirers. <laughs> like the, the people that recognize me. Yes. Yeah. Do you need to get a name for your, you need to get, get a name for your stand group. Sandy's. Sandy? It's like, there's know, a begrudging <laughs> uh, appreciation for me. And they also hate me. I think mm-hmm. just like Chris, just like Chris. Yeah. I can this relate. I can relate. We, we have a, we have a lot in common. We have a lot in common, Patrick. I think it's because I have resting bitch voice. Oh yeah, you definitely do. Like everything I say sounds like I'm making fun of something or like I always sound like I'm being mean even when I'm being nice. But I, if you know me personally, you will realize that I'm entirely pure of heart. I've I've known you for a long time. We're not close, close, but I've definitely known you for years and I'm I'm still pretty convinced that you don't like me. But that's just your that's just your <laughs> resting bitch voice, I guess. Yeah, because like uh i love you <laughs> was that like sexy how i just said that like it's a little awkward i was like oh, J- oh jason um and now we kiss i feel the same way about jason he's unlike i start crying <laughs> <laughs> i needed this red table Unlo- fucking pod today patrick thank you we've been going through a lot this holiday season i wanted to ask you i saw that you were mobbing out with um dream guest azalea banks this week oh yeah did she perform here in los angeles she did she did two nights at a venue that i've never heard of called the novo jason <laughs> please explain yeah Novo. oh yeah no the yeah, novo it's, it's i've a, heard of it's that a downtown i saw i saw rick ross there it's not it's not really any it was sold out correct yeah it was i mean i think the because the fir- the night that she was playing was last night and that sold out so she added a second show the night before which is the one i went to and so that one wasn't sold out but i think it it's probably sold out like right before. It seemed packed. What happens at an Azalea Banks audience in 2021? I'm very curious. I'm a big fan of her antics. It felt very wholesome. Wholesome, really? Yeah, like the crowd was just like so hyped. Everyone was like dancing, moshing. There was this opening, this opening act who Jason, you can probably also speak about because I'm sure you know who she is. Mm-hmm. I had never heard of her before. Her name's Luciana. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's weird. The DJ introduced her as the queen of electro. <laughs> she had a, she had a big electro song. <laughs> Why was she opening for Azalea Banks? I don't know, but it was, it, it was like watching her was sort of like, I went from like being a bit horrified to, becoming mesmerized to becoming obsessed like she completely jacked up the crowd with energy like it was everyone she like made every single person in the room get into what she was doing it was kind of incredible to i'm watch. trying to remember she had she had a song that's impressive it was, it was like a huge song i forgot what it was called but yeah she played it and um a friend who was there was like oh you know this one and i was like i absolutely don't <laughs> but dude i just looked her up <laughs> how old do you think luciana is do I really have to say that? Is that wrong? Okay, I'll say she's 46. 48. She's 48 <laughs> years old. Isn't that isn't that oh. cool that a 48-year-old woman yeah. can just go up and slay a fucking audience at a Azalea Bank show? It sounds her sound is very like pre-Kesha, like pre-LMFAO. Like and she's maybe like the original party rocker. Yeah, it has some of that vibe. <laughs> it's like I hate to think about a time before LFMAO, <laughs> but I guess we have to on this. That's what we do. We go deep. It was very Ladies of London, which Ladies of London is a genre of music. Uh, in my opinion, which is just music that would have played in the background on the Bravo TV show, Ladies of London. And if you know, you know. <laughs> I've never seen that show, but I know exactly exactly the genre you're speaking of. And mm. it's not only a genre, but a lifestyle. 
Yeah. I was just explaining t- to Jason that the most recent plot line of The Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, better television than maybe anything that's going on right now. It's so um, layered and also suspenseful and the just the fact that like what's going on with Jen Shaw for example like you think that's going to be the focus of the season and the way that it just like swings to oh, Mary no. Cosby's cult was completely unforeseen <laughs> <laughs> well i think that the thing i think what i was trying to explain to, to, to Jason is that it's it's just these things i don't know it, it's so twisted and i think that what this franchise had been missing is actually religion. Mm-hmm. That's what it needed to take it over the edge to be like, wow, this is truly fucked up. And these Mormons finally delivered. I think OC had a little bit of a religious slant because there's so many born agains, strangely enough, in that cast, but I wouldn't expect anyone to be keeping up with OC. Jason's a born again from OC, so he kind of relates. <laughs> he kind of relates. Yeah, I mean, oh. Bo- you know, Christian people, those are boring. Mm-hmm. Mormon people, those are they're you just stare at them. They're just fucked up weirdos. You want to know everything that's going on with them. It's very exciting. Yeah. I don't know why, but he's he's right. It it really is it really is different. I also have no experience with Mormons except Brandon Flowers from the Killers and my friend's really hot ex-girlfriend. Uh-huh. Those are the only two Mormons I've ever known. You don't know the singer of the Killers well, Chris? I wish I did. I mean, obvious, for obvious reasons. I but, love the um, way that Patrick was described. Maybe, Chris, you need to up your, your Grammarly vocab or something because <laughs> when you when you talk about the Real Housewives of, <laughs> of Utah or whatever, Salt Lake City, you're just like, it's so good, man. You're like, shit's weird. So good. <laughs> And when Patrick talks about it, he sounds like he's describing like the Revenant or like a Daniel Day Lewis performance. He's just like, I know. Oh, it's just so so layered. The, the 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 second act, you know, the 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 character growth development, you know. Bro, he's a Hollywood. He's a film and TV writer and stuff. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I'm I'm a lowly bro podcaster that like you know listens to music i don't even watch movies you know that are you gonna out me like that (laughs) i would like you to use a bigger vocabulary maybe when you're describing things that you love and i think you might find that the passion ignites even further if i talk about the real housewives like that's going to be the whole episode because it never stops giving he's starting that's what's happening (laughs) he's starting (laughs) i start and i don't stop because it's like it's a bottomless pit i've seen every episode of every city right um including many of the international syndicated editions and the only one that i actually haven't watched is housewives of miami i just never went there when you say you never went there you mean like you've never been to the city of miami or like you (laughs) didn't go there as far as watching the television show bitch i love miami i know that's that's your real housewives i think at the time i was just not I didn't have the bandwidth for it, and then it was canceled. So I was like, "Oh, I guess it probably sucked." And so I just sort of never watched it. Patrick, I suspected, I suspected it was a bandwidth issue. Mm-hmm. Have you ever been in a relationship? No. Where <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, was, I was about to say. I was about to say. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. Where where your partner was maybe not in line with you on your Real Housewives watching? Is that like a a deal breaker, or is that 
a wedge that could be driven between you if if you are this big of a fan and somebody else isn't? Uh, I don't think any of my partners have been into Real Housewives, actually, now that I think about it. I think one of them has become interested in it. Since you since you put him on. You put him on. They're trying to get back with you, so they started Maybe. watching it again. He was really into, like, I remember when we were dating, he was, like, really into watching, like, DV- old DVDs of, like, the best of the Oprah show. Like, that was, like, the thing that we watched together. <laughs> <laughs> What the fuck? I know. Bro, you're into some twisted shit. If if you're watching DVDs of Oprah, I don't even want to know what's going on in the bedroom. (laughs) That is it. That is, oh my goodness. Damn. It gets dark. It does. It gets really upsetting. It's really, like, it was, it was intense. But also, like, I'm a big fan of Oprah. I mean, who isn't? Um, well, so, so that, does that mean when you're watching the real housewives, do you do, do you like to do that alone or do you then have like a group of friends, like a hashtag community that you watch it with and you can <laughs> text each other or do you do it IRL perhaps with snacks? Well, no, we text each other cause everyone kind of watches it on their own schedules and I live alone. Can you, I don't, I don't want you to, I don't want you to name drop too much, but I would love to know who's in this, this group chat. I have so many group chats. Okay. I have one reality television centric group chat that's with just my like blood family, <laughs> like my two sisters and my cousin Laura. And yeah, and that one unfortunately like revolves mainly around the Bachelor franchise, which like I only began watching as a way to kind of like That's all Laura. That's all Laura, isn't it? It was actually it was my sister when she was pregnant. She was like, You have to watch the bachelorette with me or something i don't remember which season it was but she got me into it and it's just something i do to kind of like stay close with my family in a cheesy way <laughs> that's nice of you that's actually that's a smart way to connect i made my sister and i i don't know yeah i don't think my sister watches any trash like me so i we should try to relate on something else so you talk about so you have a, a family group chat that revolves around the bachelor franchise yeah and then real housewives seeps in and then with real housewives there's like so there's many and I wouldn't even necessarily call them all groups. Like there's one that's just like me and Paul Cooper and Mel Ottenberg. And then there's one that's like, damn, then there's one that's like me and Mel and Alyssa and Nomi Fry. The you Paul uh, Mel group chat. Is there a way I could access that for like a small fee? No, just to kind of keep, keep up. Okay. I just wanted to ask. closed ranks are closed in that, in that one. Oh. I think they're all, they're all very special to me. I have, uh, I have probably one of my most epic group chats is, called mcdonna and it's just only about madonna <laughs> mcdonna like like a mcdonald's What's yeah the, that's what it is we're having uh-huh. we're having fun with it <laughs> the, yeah we're just having fun we're just having some fun okay <laughs> i think that mcdonna was a term that used to be used for like madonna wannabes oh no and so it's not an i and it's not a, an irish derogatory term or anything no but she's italian thank god she's italian i'm irish we're both catholic i'm not catholic i'm <laughs> atheist but i was i was raised catholic you're be- because of watching the like a prayer video so much you're sort of common law catholic at this point but you you are atheist i would say the mcdonough group chat is like a master's program <laughs> that you have to qualify <laughs> to be a part of like there's a series of riddles that you must <laughs> yeah, pass Madonna, before yeah. gaining access you have you have to know deep 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 deeper and deeper history of madonna <laughs> oh i just and, i just recognize that deeper and deeper pun patrick that's the first question isn't it <laughs> yeah 
the further they go. You you may move on to the next round. <laughs> I don't think that. But so, how do you guys deal with the fact that Madonna is looking absolutely insane? We don't talk about that, Chris. <laughs> do we just act like that isn't happening, or do we confront that head on with some with some mino chit chat? We we engage with every single thing okay anytime she appears on any lens it's under our microscope (laughs) when you see her looking you know maybe perhaps a little rough and ready or something like that do you feel that it is your duty and responsibility to do something about it to try and fix it or is it just you know like a a memorial service or are we are we lying to ourselves about it well first of all i would never criticize a woman's appearance of a certain age Mm, that's surprising secondly that's tea i i mean i love her so much what am i gonna say i'm not gonna talk shit about madonna right i'd I'd sooner die i would sooner throw myself in front of i know but i'm not saying talking shit i'm (laughs) saying more so of like as as a loving friend, what I will say is that members of the McDonough group chat have punctured the inner circle and are indeed working with Madonna. Oh shit! Sh- shout, so we, shout out to friend of shout out to friend of the show, Greg K. Love to hear. Love to hear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Greg's picking up her dry cleaning, so we have somebody on the inside. Greg is one. Greg is one. But we, yeah, we have an inside track, and it all comes from love. So love and worship. Have you met Madonna ever? I did meet her once, um, and it was not enough. <laughs> I want to do over. Was it recently, or was this when you were a child? Oh God, it was probably in like twenty fourteen or twenty fifteen. Mm-hmm. Which party were you at? I was on set with Stephen Klein. And we were photographing Madonna and Katy Perry together. Oh, uh, bittersweet. Oh. With Ariane Phillips for the cover of V Magazine. Ar- Ariane, Ariane Phillips, the, the famous costume designer? Yeah. Shouts to Ariane. Shouts to Ari. Um, she was robbed for the Academy Award for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Let's all just get that thank on you the for, table. Thank you for doing justice on this podcast. We have we have a lot a lot of Academy <laughs> members do listen. A lot of voters. What a film! What a film! Oh, did you did you like that movie? Did you like that movie, Patrick? Once Upon a Time. Loved it. Yeah. As did I. I I'm actually due for a due for a check in a rewatch. But you too did long. you did watch um house of gucci correct yeah loved that too i will fight i will fight people okay okay <laughs> i i saw it uh, a couple days ago but do you have to go into it understanding that it's bad is it that kind of <laughs> you know what i mean is it that kind of thing where it's like it's so bad it's it gonna, can't hurt so <laughs> <laughs> couldn't hurt couldn't hurt lowered expectations never hurt i think pacino did a great job didn't he i just sometimes don't understand what people go to the movies expecting like i feel like there's definitely some kind of disconnect uh in the expectations versus reality mm-hmm. kind of there's a cognitive dis- dissonance that happens among the general public with movie. Are we, uh, maybe we're just chasing the dragon because we, we know that it does exist. It is possible to go to the movies and have a, a transcendent, amazing experience. It just hasn't happened in so long, you know, like people remember. Well, everyone always says that, but I don't ever buy that. I think, I think that you, if you hate movies, then you probably aren't having a transcendent experience at the movies. I'm a hate movies guy. They just take, they just take too, they take too long. <laughs> I like, I, depending on the movie, it can keep going forever. Like, no, I don't, I'm, I need, a, I need, an I don't hour, have a time limit. I need an hour and a half in and out. 
You know what I mean? I I, I don't these mm. three hour. I just don't. Chris doesn't like to go rounds. He's well, a long <laughs> and done. Let's let's get it in. Let's get it out. That's true. Well, you want to know something crazy? I don't even look at the runtime when I go in. I'll just leave and be like, that seemed long. I think it's better that way. It's better that way. If you know the runtime, you're always going to be looking at your watch. You're gonna mm-hmm. you're gonna be knocked Three out of the trance like state that you like to be in. Three hours. The amount of popcorn you have to have is. I mean, Patrick, you ever fall asleep in the movies? Yeah. I do all the time when I watch them at home. What a sleep, isn't it? <laughs> I love sleeping. It's actually, I'm shocked that I don't fall asleep in the movie theater. I could fall asleep anywhere, probably. That's how much you love cinema. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And the experience of being in a movie theater I love. And also, I could stay there all day. How many more years until movie theaters all go out of business? What do you say, Patrick? I'm going to say never in Los Angeles. So I don't care. As long as Quentin Tarantino is alive, there'll be some movie theater open. Yeah. I mean, I don't like maybe it's an L.A. thing or a New York thing. Maybe big cities people care about art more and they care about movies more. But I feel like I I haven't had an experience and I've gone to the movies the entire pandemic. I basically never stopped. Like I even drove down to like orange county to go see tenet when it opened (laughs) because i was like i'm seeing this in a theater i'm not gonna like wait Mm -hmm. the theater's been full this whole time it's like the theaters aren't empty like people aren't not going it's true it seems like they're doing well so i don't get what the big fuss is about it seems like they might be doing well but i don't think you know i think a lot of them are closing and going out of business and well there's more there's more people in an average movie theater than there is in like a sweet green so like how come sweet greens are <laughs> do not do not do that you know that's be- you know that's below the belt for jason you know that's Slow down. <laughs> like i think as long as they make can make money with theatrical like the industry will continue to make money with theatrical and it is lucrative i think that like there's people look at sort of overall trends right and we see like that people can just stay home and watch things, but it's like, nobody knows how many people are doing that because they don't release the numbers and like, but yeah. the numbers that people do have are coming from the cinema chain distributors. Welcome and, to podcasting, baby. You know, movies can still make up like around a billion dollars in the theater. So why would they stop? Yeah, I'm going, we're taking our talents to China. <laughs> yeah. Don't, don't get me wrong. I love movie theaters and I love the act of going to a movie and I enjoy a film much better in a theater, but I think that the world or some powers that be, are intentionally or unintentionally making it harder and harder to do that and easier and easier to watch it at home. TVs are huge and they cost $100 and it's all there at your fingertips. Uh-huh. You can be texting on your phone, smoking weed, doing drugs, getting a blowjob, eating a sandwich. making. Right. You can pause it when you have to go take a piss. You smoke a cigarette. When you go to a movie theater, you, you, you get two tickets for you and your partner. You get a thing of popcorn. It's $100, $10 for parking, 20 minutes of trailers, 30 minutes of trailers. The trailers have gotten out of hand. Trailers yeah. are the only problem I have with what Jason's saying. The rest of it, I the only way I can watch a movie and pay attention is if I go to a theater. Otherwise, I'm just going to look at my phone. Like I, I just I really have to focus in a way that, unfortunately. That's how much this guy loves tweeting. Is hard. I love yeah, the true. trailers, actually. like I get pissed if I miss the trailers, but then I do think that maybe it's because everyone's trying to promote going back to the movies, but I feel like they've become, they're have they showing way too many. There should be like four, not ten. I know. When I saw House of Gucci, it was straight up ten, and it, it become at first it's annoying, and you're like, what the fuck is going on? Like This is a three-hour movie, and I'm watching a half-an-hour trailers. But then... It just starts getting comically long, and it's so yeah, it's, it's, like it's, it's so rid- it's so ridiculous you can't one. help but laugh almost. I think even if the bulk of movie chains go out of business, like there will still be movie theaters, and they'll exist maybe for perhaps more of like a 
a kind of like nostalgic exercise than necessarily like yeah it's like driving a classic the heart car and soul of the business yeah but i think it'll we'll still be able to go to the movies and like it'll it'll be like vinyl yeah because there was a time period because like i'm i'm not i don't consider myself a photographer i'm like a hobbyist but like i shoot on film and like there was only one place in New York you could go to get film developed, and it was, like, so annoying. That's not true. There's many places. Uh, there were, like, two, right? If you're a professional like me, Color House, of course. But then you find out that they all send their film to the same place, too. So you're like, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's I like, like actually, that. there is just one place. But then in L.A., there are so many more now. But I think that it's also, like, people are shooting so much more on film again. So everyone thought film was over when digital cameras came out, and it's not over. It's kind of back. True. true. No, that's a good point. I mean, I think that, like... Yeah, I wonder if that's going to swing the other way because I think there's a lot of people that are just like film is kind of prohibitively expensive. And I mean, it, it is and it isn't. Like if you're of a certain caliber, of course, the client's like, yeah, I don't care if it's ten thousand dollars extra to develop film, that's fine. Yeah, but I think mm-hmm. it's a it's a funny thing where I think some people are just like, does this really matter, or am I just doing this for the for the like? vibe yeah you know what i mean because you can obviously you can obviously make anything look like a, a 35 millimeter photo or a or medium format photo if you have a good you know digital tech or retoucher mm-hmm. but i don't think it's as fun to shoot and i think the real draw of film is that the client can't see what's going on <laughs> i mean but i feel like it's just impossible because uh having worked a lot in advertising like I'm now very finely attuned to the post-production process like that. Most of the commercial images you see in the world are like completely Frankensteins into, Mm -hmm. into being like I've literally had to have retouchers put a, like a smile from one take onto a face from another onto a head from another onto a body from another. Like you're literally like cobbling this perfect version of this perfect photo of this, well, especially with the to stuff advertise like a fragrance. This. We didn't do that like in magazines and stuff, but I think it's, it gets to an extent we did, but with ad stuff, it's actually crazy what the clients demand. They're like, can you, can the, can her arm be moving, pointing in a totally different direction? <laughs> like, in a, like just like they're like painting a new arm onto yeah, no, a model. I mean, I wasn't involved in it really. I kind of tried to stay out of it as much as possible, <laughs> but like I was present for nine months of post-production on a fragrance campaign this last year. And it was just nine like, months of post-production for, for photos. Yes. Did the fragrance sell? I don't care. I don't know. We got paid. Was it Tom, Tom Ford ombre leather? <laughs> I'm not saying I'm not saying what it was. Fair, 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 fair. <laughs> well, I signed so many ND I signed NDAs for like half the clients that I work with and I never remember which half it is, so I just don't talk about any of them. <laughs> Better safe like, than sorry. Some I'm probably allowed to, but Yeah, but I mean you you be you be talking those NDAs, but not on a podcast. Oh yeah, to my friends, sure. Speaking of NDAs, we need to get to the bottom of some other stuff that that I have to confront uh-huh. I have to confront you about on this podcast is Okay, let's go. We need a how long gone exclusive. When are we getting new music? Music from Sky Ferreira. We need to know all the all, <laughs> oh. all the straight all the straight guys that listen to this podcast are crying listening to Sky Ferreira on a weekly basis. And I just look the acting is great. I appreciate the money that comes with that, but we need music. And I, you're my go to source. Um, I thought you were going to ask me something about me. <laughs> Don't worry, I'll ask you. You stuff. told me. I'll ask you. Stuff you told me you. not to, Pat. You told me not to, Patrick. So I, I chose. I, I didn't, but I will ask you okay. stuff. I'll ask you intrusive questions as well. Don't worry. With Sky, uh, hmm. I don't think she would mind me saying this. I've heard the music. Okay, and does the does the music in fact slap? I love it. 
I'm just happy that it exists, period. I'm not making any promises to people because this is like kind of uh pursuant to what we were discussing before, but like it's like everyone's fans are their haters as well. Like it's kind mm-hmm. of like I'm sure that I'm sure like people will absolutely love it and then some other people will talk shit about it. I feel like it's like if you're a Sky Ferreira fan, you'll be thrilled. Okay, so Jason and I are good. Yeah. Let me just I wanna Jason was too embarrassed to ask, but if you could get him the stems for any of the new stuff, he's kind of trying to get back into the <laughs> the remix game. Don't listen to him. He's crazy. Since the the, the blog house if she can even get them. Like it's like <laughs> Since the blog house, some issues. Since the blog house podcast Jason has been he's been itching for a Sky Ferreira them jeans drum edit to kind of drop if she if she can't get the stems, I'll just send a DM to the Swedish House Mafia and we'll get it sorted out. Don't worry. A blog a blog house remix would be really good with this vibe. It's not quite Luciana, but it's there is an element of like it's a fun record. Has she gone back to to Sky Ferrero's one? No, I would say it's more. I mean, you remember the last album? Mm-hmm. Like it's it's of a universe with Nighttime My Time it's not that much of a departure in that it's like, but it's, it still feels new. And the only thing that I, that comes to mind when I'm trying to like think of how to describe it is like, it has kind of a tears for fears vibe. Oh, thank God. (laughs) Thank God, Patrick. My God, you've made my, you know, it was raining in LA. I was kind of feeling depressed, but now you tell me that sky Ferreira has got some tears for fears ass music coming. Oh yeah. Big songs, big songs. Oh man. You know, because that's the problem, Patrick, is music is boring now, you know, and... and Songs from another big chair, you know. (laughs) (laughs) The other big chair. chair. The other big chair. The other big chair. (laughs) That's really funny. And she looks really small in it because she's so little. Um... <laughs> now you're getting me too excited. Yeah. Okay, we have to move Skin on. And bones. I don't. Yeah, we have to move on. I'm. I'm gonna like this too much. Well, that's great news, man. I gotta say, that's very good news. Yeah, I don't. I. I don't know when exactly it's coming. It's like you know how it goes. It's always like up to the label, kind of. Of course, it's been a moving target, also because of the pandemic and. It'll happen. It'll happen. As long as it, I mean, look, I think once something's recorded and actually finished, then it, it will see the light of day. You know what I mean? That's that's. For sure. You know, usually people spend too much money to not try to make money off of it. Um, I was listening to your podcast. Um, it was just the trailer because I don't have Patreon. How dare you? I know. I know. But in those two short minutes, I really got what I wanted. But there, you guys were talking briefly about. Oh, my God. What? Uh, breaking news. Okay. I just got the alert on my phone. Go on. Jesse Smollett found guilty in hoax. Thank hate God. Crime. Thank God. Thank God. He he jerked off with wow. his assailant. I mean, who among us? <laughs> the assailant is gorgeous. Um, well, I'm glad you brought that up because you were speaking on that very exact subject about him clearly lying that he was only doing a sort of a group masturbation thing in yeah. at, at the bathhouse when, he, when they were clearly... <laughs> Did I? Did we say he was lying? I think that. <laughs> yeah, we did. Probably. I think I'll. I'll put the blame on Paul. Paul said it. I mean, we love Paul. Obviously, shout out to Paul. Yeah. Great. Maybe you know one of the greatest podcasters in the world, right up there with Patrick Sandberg. I watched Empire. <laughs> you, I bet you did. Paul collaborated with them with Hood by Air. They did an Empire collaboration, as you may recall. I'm a. I love Lee Daniels. What's not to love? Oh. Well, we were okay. So you were, you were talking about how he was saying, like, you know, we never had sex. We only 
hung out together and and did our own independent masturbation yeah and then you guys are saying no they clearly were having sex they're, they're clearly right doing a, a, a word that you, you you brought up i had never heard it before it was he got yacked <laughs> i thought yacked was cocaine i think it's still she got yacked <laughs> so i i don't know what it means but i can kind of parcel it together but with the spirit that this word was spoken in <laughs> and i think is that is that like it's like a, a a special kind of sex that just yaks you did you have sex or did you get yacked <laughs> <laughs> okay so like a street like a like a, like a, a, a a, a street w- woman might say, "I got railed," and that's sort of like a, <laughs> something funny about that. Something funny about that, Patrick. Listen. So is this is this in rail country? We get railed. <laughs> uh, okay. Okay. Getting railed is um is like a bisexual term. I would say it's not just for it's not just for straight women. No, my friends being who my friends are. Which how do I even put this into words? I I I know a lot of very creative gay men who have created um many slang terms that have trickled into the wider world. Oh, okay. Oh. Cool. Okay. Um and so I don't know where yacked originated from. It's just something that has been floating around for many years in my in my circle of people. So could you describe what it means exactly? Yeah, get to the point. The etymology of it? Yeah. No, not not the etymology, your personal definition of it. Yeah, what does it mean? If I if I want to use it in a sentence, I want to make sure I do it right. What it means to yak and to be yacked upon. Um to be penetrated. Uh-huh. Aggressively. <laughs> <laughs> What happened to that big brain of yours, Patrick? Let's get some Grammarly going. <laughs> yeah, what's the? Yeah, I don't understand. You you look like you're. Should I put out a glossary? Pull up a thesaurus. Not really. Kind of needs a glossary. I feel like and like and it's been interesting watching like reading comments and stuff. The way that people who listen to the podcast have now picked up on terms that we use that we didn't even realize were strange. Do you have any examples of those? Not so strange words. Because we're so used to right, saying right, it. Right. No, I mean that happens to us as well. Well, just things that we take things that we think are really normal to say, like that I thought everyone says, <laughs> but maybe yeah, they don't. Yeah. Like which is just like about like, you know, the term carrying, headlessness, stupidness. I mean mm-hmm. I I think that every great every great podcast has its own vernacular. Yeah, I think that's kind of a part of of the podcast, especially, you know, on a Patreon community where it really is community building and people mm-hmm. they want to listen to your show to obviously hear you guys being funny and talking about stuff that they're also interested in but they also want to absorb the way you talk and they want to learn how to mm-hmm. you know they love how you talk and they want to steal it from you mm-hmm. steal your words mm-hmm. they want to i want to give them to them yeah i appreciate the stealing like jason introduced the spelling of bro with an e b-r-o-e oh wow to make fun of australians is how it started but we've adopted that into the how long gone extended cinematic universe and now people i i see people on twitter responding to us spelling bro with an e wow it's a beautiful thing really to know that you create change change the world that's my act it's more of a spelling than a pronunciation but i think it's still an important distinction to make (laughs) um well i'm you guys are both glad that Jesse's guilty. Listen, 
I wouldn't go that far. I wouldn't go that far. You guys were, it seems like you guys were doing some celebrating. No, no, no. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. No, no, no. He was, well, he was just found, he was just found guilty right now. I'm not celebrating. I'm talking to you guys, but I think that like, <laughs> it's, there's, there's one, there's the element, there's the part of us all, you know, where we're like, we want to be vindicated and we want to be right about something, but I also don't want anyone to be punished. And I'm like very much against kind of the corrupt court system. And I don't think you should go to jail or anything like that. Is that because you want Jesse to yak you or because that you, um, you really, no. you really hate 12. <laughs> I just don't like prisons. <laughs> <laughs> I, so you wouldn't jerk off with him, but you also hate prisons is what you're saying. I don't, I think that you can do something, um, wrong you can do something in fact perhaps desperate he basically created a spectacle mm. and staged uh, a media stunt in a way that is so headless <laughs> actually that like the entire country had to talk about it and i mean i grew up in the 90s like celebrity scandals are sort of like my sports mm-hmm. in a way that comes from like just it's it's fun it's dishy we like to talk about it but like i don't want anything bad to befall any of these people i don't think that he hurt anyone necessarily except for you know his friends who he turned against and tried to i guess like wrongly accuse for actually committing this supposed hate crime i don't think it's i don't think it's cool to like to accuse people of fake hate crimes that's not cool i think and we i think we'd all agree okay. that's not cool why, why do you think there's so many people that are are happy that he has been caught or like really want because it's to... because it was so ridiculous i think it was just so ridiculous yeah like over the top but does ridiculousness equate to jail time not if you're rob deerdeck well <laughs> no, i was I teed that one up didn't i but I, there's just so many people that are like so excited that this guy who like fake that he got beat up is going to be criminally charged and and have some real serious punishments for it. I don't I don't know if it's like beyond race or or homosexuality or like there's so, there's something weird. There's like a weird undertone around this whole thing where wh- why do you care so much about this guy, this actor? It's because it was, we were forced to. We were forced to. Why? This was an unavoidable. Patrick, correct me if I'm wrong. This was like a giant unavoidable story. It was big news. It was big news when it happened. And like, I think, I think it's like a very human story. It's a tale as old as time. It's the boy who cried wolf. Yeah, I think true. That like, especially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Boy we're living in this like him. this very like punitive society right now, where um, you know, it's the oppression Olympics. Everybody is portraying themselves as victims. And so to see someone portray themselves as a victim in like a very overt, um, flamboyant type of way and then be found out, I think is satisfying like a certain um, latent impulse in everybody that like see not everyone's telling the truth. Yeah. And like mm-hmm. in, in ways that you can infer that across like many um, movements that have been going on, whether it's like Me Too or BLM or whatever. I think that it's like, there has been kind of like an eradication of recognizing human nature. Right. And the fact that like everybody lies and mm-hmm. that people, especially like in this economy and in this kind of society are kind of like aggressively jockeying for position and they're finding ways to do it because they've learned that by espousing certain rhetoric gets them there faster. And I think that there's a widespread suspicion about that, but there's like 
often no way to really articulate it or prove it. And so I think that there's like, Mm. I think that that might be like why people are particularly interested in this case or excited for him to be made an example of. I'm, I'm not necessarily saying that that's like the right thing either, but I think that it's just my interpretation of it. All very good points. Bam. Well, thank you for making it seem less, uh, less sinister than I was. I hope they give him a slap on the wrist, you know, yeah, mm-hmm. I'll give him a slap on the wrist. I don't think he's going to do hard time. No pun intended. I don't know how he comes back from this as an actor. He does not. He does not. I don't think he, I mean, he'll start doing some yak films. Maybe he'll do a red table talk, start a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah he, yeah, he could do the he could do the red table talk to podcast pipeline to read. He could do how long on? Redeem, I will Jesse, you're welcome to come on this show. Um we love jerking off and hate cops. So we're kind of Doing how long on counts as community service so he can tell his PO that. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um all right, Patrick, well, it's been a pleasure podcasting with you. Uh an, a fellow elite a fellow elite podcaster, a man of great taste, uh Thank someone you. that I I deeply respect and find hilarious. Um, we appreciate you joining us. Uh, we appreci- thanks. We, we appreciate <laughs> we appreciate you joining us and um, tell people where they can find you on the world wide web. I don't want followers. You know what I mean. <laughs> I don't care about that. Um, send them to send them to the not really Patreon though. patreoncom slash not really. That's where you could find. Go me. listen to Patrick's podcast. Not really that he does with with former uh, How Long Gone guest Paul, who was hilarious, and we all loved him. And both of you guys together for five dollars a month. It's worth. It's honestly deal. a Patreon that I've considered paying for, and I haven't. But um, you know, that's between me and God. Yeah, we've we've gone like virtually Patreon only at this point because we just have been. We've been podcasting so infrequently that we feel like if we're going to, it should be for the Patreon users. Mm-hmm. But I think we're gearing up to do to podcast more regularly again. It's it was a busy year for both of us. Yeah, yeah, you're telling you're, you're, yeah, you're telling us. You're, you're talking about the two guys here with full time influencer careers as well as doing a podcast three times a week. <laughs> yeah, we know something about being busy, Patrick. Okay. Yeah. Well, in the beginning of the pandemic, we were like, we had this idea to record every day of the pandemic as long as the pandemic lasted. And I think <laughs> we went like two months and I was like, I'm not doing this anymore. Every day? We were doing it every day. Yeah. Wow. Okay. That's pretty impressive. I knew the pandemic laugh, so was going to last. It's this not that long. impressive. Yeah. It's not that impressive because they didn't keep doing it, Jason, but it's cool that you tried. <laughs> Every day for two months would would fuck my brain. I could do it, and we we do we do every we do three a week for almost two years now. So you know, same vibe. Well, I think there's such a surplus of podcasts at this point too that I I don't think everyone anyone needs to hear from me that often. Mm -hmm. There's a surplus of them, but all ninety nine percent of them are are dog shit. (laughs) Patrick, (laughs) it's true. Thank you. Good to see. Good to talk to you. And um, send Jason send Jason your file. I will. Until next time. Send it post haste, please. You got it, dude. (laughs) Thank you, Patrick. Thanks, Patrick. Later. (laughs) Bye.